0: The white trunks. He hurt him. That's beautiful! Oh God! Beautiful! He's got it, and he forced the tap. One! Hey, and here's the oh, and it's all over. It's oh, all over. First round knockout. He's how Rich strikes, punches, his out. belt. The one thing that I never thought in a million years would happen happened. The champion, the challenger. Here we go. This is the MMA report with Jason Floyd on Radio Influence. Welcome into to the first episode of the Get to Know podcast. And this podcast is about talking to fighters who are on the verge, of. we're going to see them in the UFC. And right now, my first guest is a guy who trains out of the MMA lab there in Arizona. And I've had a chance to really get to know a little bit about his story, a very unique story, Abdul. I appreciate the time, man. And you know, I think one of the most interesting parts about your story, and we're going to get into to so much about your story, is the fact of, so when you leave Oregon... After your first professional pro loss as a mixed martial artist, you decide you know what you, you had a couple of thoughts places you can go. One place is Arizona, and the fact is you Google best MMA gym in Arizona to decide where we you're
1: gonna go. <laughs> Yo, I figured out it was like the perfect location because it was like four hours to LA, four hours to Vegas. You know, I got two kids, so it was like the perfect location. It wasn't too expensive. Yeah, it was perfect, man. It was probably the best choice that I've ever made so so I'm pretty happy with with my with my choice to come out here
0: That's awesome. And and a a very unique story that you have, you know, in terms of, you know, an interesting life. You know, I was was watching a podcast that you were on with one of your teammates, Marcus McGee, and you really talked about this story. And of course, you know, talking to your management team, the fact of, you know, you come from a country that has never had a UFC fighter. Of course, you you were born in in Freetown, Sierra Leone. I I said that correctly, right?
1: Yes, sir. Freetown, Sierra Leone.
0: So you were there up until the age of eight eight and a half before you you make the journey yes. into the United States and I mean look I think for a lot of us a lot of us really can't probably remember like you know what we were doing when we were five six seven eight years old but like is there a memory you have of your home country that you know sticks with you today? Um,
1: uh, I mean, there's quite a few. I mean, I remember when I was going to school one day and it was during a war and I was just walking down the street and I just see people in trucks with guns and freaking snipers just hanging out and just patrolling. So I remember that memory and you know my grandma was also a police officer in Africa so it's like our house was I don't want to say a target but Well, they knew that we had a police officer around us. Yeah.
0: And and talking about that story of, of, you know, coming to the United States. And one of the the craziest parts about this story is the fact of if you try to come to the United States a week later, you probably never get here.
1: Never. I probably would still be back home without no dream, with no opportunities. So I'm very, very happy. And I'm grateful that everything played out the way it did because we came to America five days before the 9-11 attack. Like our flight was probably one of the final flights to come to America. So, and here I am trying to capitalize on every opportunities that come in front of my way. And, you know, I, I, I accept the challenge because I take everything as an opportunity because I can't really, I can't get beat. I can't lose lose pretty much because I've already gained everything. I've already won just by being in this position. Because if I was still in Africa, I don't got anything really. So besides trying to fight for my life and every day trying to survive. So at least here I'm able to chase chase a dream chase a chase a life I want to live chase a life that I want to provide for my kids one day so yeah I'm happy man
0: you know, I, I get the chance to, to travel to the United States and, you know, based on, you know, living here in Florida, you, you go up north and like one of the, the analogies I use is like watching college football in the state of Florida. It's not like watching college football in the state of New York. It's two different worlds, you know, and so it makes, it, it makes me think about for you coming to the United States and, and that culture shock, like, is there something in your mind? Like when you, when you come to the United States at, at eight and a half years old, you're like, Whoa, this is, this is a different world.
1: Oh, man, everything was so cool to me, man. Like when I first came, like like really from the airport to, to the house we stayed at, it was from, I think we drove from LAX to San Jose, because that's where we chose to go to. And on the drive home from the airport, it was probably like the coolest thing, like driving on the highway and seeing all these cars with their headlights on, that was that, that was real cool to me because in Africa, we don't have street lights. We we really didn't have too many cars driving on the road at one and we didn't have pavement. So we were driving on dirt roads. So yeah, driving from the airport, it was probably the prettiest thing I've ever seen. It was at, it was in the PM too. So it was just dark, street lights, the car lights, it was, it was amazing, man. That's probably one of my favorite thing I remember.
0: And, and just kind of you know looking at some things. So you, you you come to in San Jose, California, is where you start. Then you end up yep. in Oregon, and then you went to school and ultimately school in in the state of Washington. Correct. Yes. Yes.
1: So pretty much, we came from Africa when I was eight and a half. Went to San Jose. I did my freshman year in San Jose. Willow Glen High School. And after my freshman year, my mom decided that we wanted to go up to Washington because at that time it it was a lot cheaper. It was like rent was like $400, $500. And she had three kids and we were pretty much all alone. So we decided to go up to Washington to start a new life. And we came over here, you know, I did track in high school, ended up getting a scholarship to go to um, a junior college full-time. They paid for everything, so I was able to be blessed with the opportunity to be able to complete college with a full-ride scholarship. So, yeah, we've been been in Washington until I was 28 years old, and then I lost my job, and then COVID hit, and, you know, I, I had to... Take a risk, and I rolled the dice. We came to Phoenix, and you know it's been it's been it's been up and down, but it's looking bright right now. So we're gonna stay on course. We're gonna trust the process.
0: I, I you know, I was talking about this very unique story that you have, and obviously about your upbringing. But as we kind of turn into the mixed martial artist, and I, I heard you tell this story, and literally, I, I watched I watched the video on YouTube last night, and I'm like. <laughs> Oh, I got to rewind this. I got to rewind this. Like, did I hear this right? And the fact of you were having, it was a house party, but you, you do not drink, but your little brother, who was an amateur fighter, was a drinker. You told him, hey, man, don't bring any drinks. You and your brother that night get up into it, and this ultimately leads you down the MMA path?
1: Yeah, pretty much, man, because I've never been a fighter. I've never fought in my life outside of the cage. So for me, fighting wasn't really, like, that's my first choice. I was really trying to play football, but I was too small. And then I figured I was the average at every other sport. So, yeah, we had this party, and I told him he can't drink because with alcohol, you don't you don't really know what kind of emotions you're going to get out of people. Yeah. And I've seen mm-hmm. a, a various different type of emotion that he's had, and I didn't really... Like the change of it, so I told him, you know what, just to be safe, no drinking in the house, and you know he got mad, got in an argument. He threw a swing at me. I slipped under, dropped him, and then I told him, anything you can do, I can do better. As as a as a friendly like challenge, and you know, two weeks after that, I joined the gym, and yeah, we are here now. I just didn't quit.
0: So before this incident. Like, how familiar were you with MMA?
1: Honestly, I wasn't really a big fan of MMA. I only started because it was around the time Conor McGregor came in the game. Yeah. So Conor McGregor kind of made it a big deal, and I was like, I tried it. And, you know, just kind of stuck to it.
0: And, of course, it's and it's all gone tremendous for you, you know, and, and one of the things of, and I wrote down various things about you and, you know, one of the things that, that stuck out to me is you talked about how M.A. is therapy for you. What, yep. what do you mean yep. by that?
1: It's therapy, man, because, because honestly, man, I'm, I'm such a calm person. Like I'm very, uh, 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 like as a kid, I had a stuttering issue, so it was very hard for me to really express myself because the words couldn't really come out. So I couldn't really defend myself because I was too small. So I really had a lot to say, but I just couldn't say it. So now that I got MMA, it's like, man, this is beautiful because like I could express how I feel without having a talk. I can express how I really... Like my emotions come out in a way where I'm being more creative. I'm being tough because I'm able to allow to express myself. So yeah, that's why I love MMA. It's not very personal with me. It's stri- It's it's strictly just business, entertainment. You know, we come in, we create a beautiful artwork, and then, you know, we give hugs, we go back to our families, we pay the bills, and yeah, man. And, and it goes on, but it helps me It's like an outlet for me. You know, whenever I get mad, I don't argue with people. I'd rather go to the gym or I'd rather go to the weight room or I'd rather go on the road and jog or I don't like to confront, like, I don't like confrontation. And if we do have to get to confrontation, chances are it's gonna get to physical soon. And I would rather not do that. So I'd rather walk away until I have to fight. If I have to fight, I express myself the best way I can. And after that, we call it good. We go to our families and, you know, pay the bills.
0: You know, there's people, and not everyone necessarily believes this, but there's a decent amount of people that believe there's there's a reason they were put on this earth. There was a reason they were put on this earth to do something. Do oh, yeah. you feel like maybe part of your reason you were put on this earth is to to show people that, ha, that are, are going through the same thing you have gone through in your life with stuttering and saying, you know what, I, you, that you want to be a role model of those people?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, I truly feel like I was brought on this earth to be a image of the people who are exactly like me, but don't have the tools and the skills that I have. The confidence I have for a person that stutters is very high. You don't really see too much of that. And being bullied for so long and finally decided that I'm not going to get bullied no more, that I'm able to be a voice for the people who are not able to come out yet. And and bring out their voice, cause right now I'm the voice for all the kids with stuttering issue. I'm the voice for all the kids with disability. I'm the voice for all the small kids who who get bullied, bullied for so long that I don't get bullied no more. And I'm actually the small pit bull out of the kennel that's actually looking to fight. Like I come every every single fight, and I'm looking to fight. I don't give up. I don't care if I'm. Ain't no, ain't no puppy too small, ain't no puppy too big. It's about the fight and the dog. And I can tell you right now, I'm a dog in a way. So I hope I can keep inspiring everybody out there and everybody who are not able to really express themselves the best way they can. I hope that they find some kind of outlet. It does not have to be fighting. I just so happen to be good at fighting. I don't really necessarily think I'm a fighter. I just feel like... I have a skills that God gave to me, and he might just be using this path to help reach a, a whole different generation. That's why I feel like I belong in the UFC, because I feel like the UFC is a bigger platform for a lot more people to listen to my voice.
0: And, and of course, anyone who follows you on your Instagram, which is Reborn King 135 one of the posts I saw was about your mom. And you said, man, my mom is amazing. I love her. She sacrifices so much for us. It leads me to think of, so when you, you you start going to the MA gym for the first time, there had to become a point. You had to pick up the phone or tell mom in person, hey, mom, just want to let you know I'm, I'm I'm training with some fighters. I might take a fight. Was she on board from the start?
1: No, she actually wanted me to quit fighting and find a full-time job to really take care of my kids you know every mom they want what's best for their kid and especially since I have two girls she just wanted to make sure that I was making the right choice of taking care of my kids and I told her mom I'm gonna take care of my kids the best way i can but I'm chasing what I love and my passion what god brought on this earth and I feel like I have to fight like I could have like I could have went back to school. I could have done all I chose to choose this path and I told my mom I was in I was not about to go back home to see her until I get close enough to the UFC. So I think I'm close enough. So I think I'm gonna take a trip on my birthday to go see her because I think I should be there. But you know at the end of the day, you know, it's been a long journey, even though she didn't really support me at first. She she does pray for me before every single fight. On fight week, she prays for me every day, from Monday to that Friday till till the day of the fight. She always prays prays for me. I FaceTime her, and she prays for me. So I know she has my best interest, and she really wants to see me accomplish this dream that I'm trying to accomplish.
0: So, what do your daughters think about their dad being a fighter?
1: Man, they, they think it's cool because because after I fight. I take them to the mall and they go shop a little bit, you know, <laughs> it's the other things that comes with fighting that I enjoy. I enjoy spending the time with the kids after a camp because like you train so much, you don't really spend too much time with them. And whenever you do have that fight after, after the fight's over, you get a little bit of time to spend time with the people that that really care about you. And I think, yeah, spending time with them has been fun though, yeah.
0: And, and you know, we talk about your, your mixed martial arts career. It, one of the things that that really stuck out to me about your amateur run was there was some notable competition. You know, I mean, Jalon Bates was your last amateur fight. Uh, Cass Bell was on your, and, and that was like I, I was even telling Ed over your agency, and I was like, I was like, man, that's a like fr- when I because usually when I, you know I know I'm going to be talking to a fighter, the first thing I do is I go to your topology page. I'm you know kind of looking yeah. at there before I kind of do that deeper dive, and like that was the first thing that stuck out to me. I was like, man, like. You know, there's sometimes, I mean, obviously as an amateur, the, the record, I mean, yeah, obviously you want to win every amateur fight, no question, but at the end of the day, whatever your amateur record is, no one really is going to worry about, it. but like, that was the biggest thing that stuck out to me was like, this dude, I, he, he, he it, it comes off to me as anytime, anywhere, any place. I don't care who's across the cage from me.
1: Call me the can man. Anybody can get it. <laughs> anybody can get it. I'm always game for anybody i would love to fight everybody and anybody but you come to a point in your career where as a pro now you got to take a smarter approach you got to trust your team your coaches your manager but as an amateur i knew i knew we didn't get paid and i knew if in order to be one of the best guys in the world you got to be able to beat these guys if you cannot beat these guys now you're definitely not going to beat them in the future. So as an amateur, I try to gain as much experience by fighting all the tough guys, which is the reason why I feel like I'm doing pretty good as a pro now, because I fought against the best guys. And now I train with the best guys. So which tells you my confidence is already there. Now we just need the, the technical aspect to start catching up. And who knows, man, I'm just, I'm, I train with the best team in the world. And Slowly, everybody's gonna realize there's a new guy at the lab, in addition to all the other monsters we have. Man, they always, yeah, yeah, I fight anybody, man.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that band and weight room at the lab because it's a pretty loaded up deck there. But let's go back to November 16th, 2013. It's your amateur debut, you get the win against Ricardo Martinez. Like is there something about that night that that immediately pops in your head?
1: Uh yeah. It was a dog fight, man. I, I was like, "Oh, this is what it feels like to be in a fight." And i fought in a cage that I was like but like 5 feet. So it's like you, you you were forced to fight. It was a small cage, so after that first fight, I was like, "You know what? I like this feeling. I like the feeling of, of the preparation of training four months for just one fight and to go out there and be able to be free and just have fun and not be too attached to anything else outside, just for that 15, just for that little bit of time that you have, just be able to create a, a action fight that has never been created between two people Man, yeah, that was that was an amazing feeling. And then I ended up like, yeah, I think I was 8-0 my first year as an amateur. And then I was like, you know what? Let's fight anybody. Like, I, I was willing to fight anybody at that time. So hopefully, it will pay dues in the future.
0: And you've been very active as a pro. I mean, the pro debut comes back in, in beginning of 2019. Of course, most know what you're coming off a submission win right at the buzzer uh, of the first round there at the Fury Challenger uh, Series fight to to improve to eight to one. Like, like as you as you think about your pro career. You know, I mean, I, obviously, you know, we, we talked a little earlier about after the first pro loss, you say, you know what, I got to make some changes. Of course, that change leads you go into the MMA lab. But, like, like how, how do you describe, do you, do you feel like your pro career has been through various stages?
1: No, I just feel like I've had the tools and skills. It just wasn't put together right. I didn't have the coaches to put it together right. And I wasn't trusting in no system. So when I came to the lab, they literally just told me trust in the program. There's a formula at the lab that if you follow it, it will put you where everybody is at, which is the UFC and you want to be a champion. These people have followed the formula. All you got to do is follow it. And we'll get you there. And I've been following it, and I'm almost there. So hey, we're just gonna keep sticking to it. Man, I love the lab. I love all my teammates. Man, I love my coaches. Man, they all truly believe in me, and they they push me every day to be the best version of myself. And you know, I'm I'm very big on the whole Kobe and the whole Mamba mentality and stuff. So it's like my gym brings that out of me every day. Every day I go to the gym, I'm like, man, how can I get better? Oh, wait, you don't got a choice. You're going to get better just by being in the room. So Hey, I'm good for it, man. I'm good, man. I'm
0: here. There's one thing I've heard you said previously, and it makes me think about whether or not you had this mentality before you went to the lab, which was patience and trust in the process. Did you have that mentality before you went to the lab or did it, did that thought process not come in until you got there?
1: Uh, I've, I've had that, that mentality when it comes to life. But when I was doing MMA, before I came to the lab, I was more like I'm going to fight and I'm going to see how far talents take me because I wasn't focused on it. I wasn't, I wasn't invested. I I was working on my job 80 to like I was working like 8,200 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I worked overtime trying to provide for my family. I got bills to pay, so I wasn't really invested. So when I came to the lab, I knew I had the patient and I knew I was already sold on the process. And everything that they were telling me when I first came here. If you want to be where these guys are, we got a formula. All you gotta do is come to come to work, be consistent, be patient, and we'll get you to the UFC. And if you want to be a world champion, do this, do that, do this, and we'll get you a world title. And you know, at the end of the day, we're taking it brick by brick every day. We trust in the process, and I'm almost to the UFC. I'm about to make history and be the first one from my country to make the the UFC. And I'm also giving all those kids hope that you can come from the bottom, from the mud, and turn turn your life around just by taking advantage of opportunities that is presented to you. And sometimes people don't take advantage that's presented to you. I, I'm quick to take it. You see, I had, um, Marcus was actually supposed to fight on icon. And I think while he was sparring, I think he got hurt. So he had to pull out and then he was like, Hey, I know a guy that's been training. All he needs is opportunity. So he told him about me, and I guess I got the call two days short notice. I took the fight, and I go out there and I do what I know I could do, and I just pretty much I took advantage of an opportunity. And ever since that fight, I've had a lot more opportunities, and I got the opportunity to talk to you now. So it's been great, man.
0: You know, you, you talk about Marcus McGee, and, and it's we can see the connection that the two of you have together, and and, and when you're on his podcast, I thought one of the funniest things was uh, basically about uh, how you learned about going 100 in sparring. Some people's 100 is a lot different.
1: Yeah, yeah. You see, see, I was raised like that, though. Like, i I've, I've always been a guy that feels like. I have to w- work, I have to work 100% every day to get to where I want to get to. I came to the lab, and, you know, they kind of teach me along the way, like, you don't have to go 100%. You train smart, train effectively. Eventually, you're going to get to the place that you want to g- get to without causing your body too much damage, because I go hard, man. Like, that's just my mentality. I just, I always go hard, so yeah having that experience with them it kind of kept me in check and it's crazy too now because i think that made me a better training partners for my teammates which i feel like is a great thing because i love the fact that i'm trying to be a great training partner i want to be there for my team and i enjoy when my team fights and they win and you know it's it always feels good to know that you were a little bit of, you were a little part of that, you were a little part of that victory that they had. So I take it very, very highly to try to be the best training partners I can be.
0: And, and talking about that Bantamweight room at the MMA Lab, obviously Marcus, you know, you look at Casey Kenny Mario Batista, uh, Kyler Phillips. I mean, you go down the line, that band weight room is, is pretty stacked there. Um, you know, I, obviously, I mean, those guys have made it to where you're trying to get to. Um, you know, have those guys given you, uh, has there been a piece of advice that any of them have given you that you just you constantly think about all the time?
1: Every day, man. Like, all those guys are like my big brothers. Like, I'll call them if I need to talk about anything outside of fighting. It's not just fighting for me, and in the gym, they they literally inspire me, man. Like, every day I go in the gym, and I see them, and I'm like, man, I know how hard he works. I gotta work that hard to get to where they'll... Be. Like, Kyler was just telling me, I love the way you... Like, I was talking to Kyler yesterday at practice, and yeah, he was just telling me, Man, I love your attitude and your effort. I was like, man, I'm just trying to get to the place that you guys are at. Like, I want to see you shine, and I want to work hard to get to where you guys are at right now because I want to do great things like you guys because, yeah. And then Marcus, to see where he came from, and he has a similar story to me. So he inspires me. And then Mario, man. Mario is probably, probably one of my favorite, because he's like the – the quiet one, the quiet one, much. But man, that kid's a dog, though, man. He's a I, dog. I love my. I
0: I feel you know, like, I feel like if people see Mario in the streets, and you said, "What does that guy do for a living?" I don't think. I mean, obviously you could look at his ears, and okay, you can get it that way. But if you just look at his face, I don't think how many people would sit there and go, "Hey, yeah, yeah, Mario, yeah, that guy's a professional fighter."
1: Nah, I would not guess that. I would probably. Think he was a car salesman because he don't say nothing until he wants to get you. <laughs> that's what, that's what he strikes, man. Yeah, I love Mario, man. Yeah, now we got O'Malley, who's a champ. You know, a big inspiration to, to the team because his 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 pretty much. His foundation was created at the lab, so he's always he's always gonna be a part of the lab. But yeah, I have. So so many great big brothers. I got Jared Cannoneer. And me and Jared are like, big bro, little bro, <laughs> man. I look up to him, you know, I ask him for advice about life and everything, fighting, he's in my corner, Courtney Casey. I got, I have a room full of people that truly care about me, love me. And if it was not fighting, I'll be okay. Cause I still know that they would still care about me as a person, so those are the people I have at the lab and honestly if I wasn't at the lab I don't think I'd probably be fighting really too much because I think the lab made fighting fun for me which is why I'm I'm producing the results I'm producing because I love to be at practice I love being challenged I love being around these guys who are better than me and I want to get good too so it's not just. I'm here. Nah, I'm chasing, I'm chasing these guys. Like these guys are evolving, which means if I chase them, I'm going to get better. And eventually we got the former UFC champion, Benson Henderson. He's still in the room, even though he's retired. It's crazy. That guy is different, man. <laughs> like, is bro, I'm telling you, this gym has everything you need, man. And if I can recommend this gym to anybody in the world, come to the lab, it will change your life. Inside the cage
0: and outside the cage. As we start to kind of wrap up here, uh, a couple of things. What would you want the fans to know about you? I mean, obviously, they can sit there and they can go and and look at all your fights. They can listen to the things you're saying here. But, like, what would you want them to know about you?
1: I just want my fans to know that every time I fight, you will always get 110% of me inside that cage. I will never... Exit that cage, without me feeling like I gave it everything I had for the time being of me being in that fight. Even if I, even if I do do win that fight or I do lose that fight, I want you to be like, he fought until the last bell. He didn't give up on himself because I will never give up on myself, and because l- in life it will try to get you to a point where you quit on yourself and i've trained myself that it, it, this is just this is just a phase in my this is just an opportunity i have to express myself for a short period of time cuz i can't fight forever i don't want you guys to define me by my fighting style but who i am outside of the cage outside of the ring the kind of person i am i'm nice friendly respectful you know those are the most important thing, but I want you guys to know. In anything I do, I make sure I do everything I got with hundred and twenty percent of my heart, and you will n- you will never get any anything less than that.
0: Uh, okay, we'll leave on, on two notes here. Uh, you know, you're going to do some road work, get some runs in. You put the headphones in. Is there a particular type of music that is uh, definitely on the go-to playlist?
1: Honestly. I have my training camp. I'll listen to a a, a lot of Christian songs, a lot of Christian music. I like Dante and no, just a lot of Christian music. And then once it gets closer to the fight, I try to switch it up to listen to some songs that that talks about your daughters or your kids because That fuels me and it brings a little bit more inspiration. So I'll start listening to like father and daughter songs to get me into that mood. Like this is why I'm fighting. This is the reason why I'm fighting. I want to be great because of this, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll get into that mode. And then once it's time for fight, I try to figure out which music really, really connects more to me in that time frame. because sometimes I would be listening to Christian songs and then I'll decided that when I wanna listen to some country, I like country too. Okay. So I love country, I love R and B. I love, uh, I love hip hop, but I'm open to all type of music because it helps me get in a, a rhythm because every, every type of, music it has a different rhythm so that kind of plays with the way I fight too sometimes uh, I'll be feeling that swagger and I want to listen to this kind of song sometimes I'll be feeling slow and I want to be more finessed like j- j- yeah so I listen to all types of music I'm open minded I don't discriminate I love all music
0: do you have a favorite television show Uh,
1: I don't watch TV okay TV. I mean, I just took my kids to watch the Paw Patrol movie that just came mm-hmm. out the other day, and I actually like. I actually enjoyed it because I don't know if you are familiar with the Paw Patrol, yeah, but yeah. the Sky Sky is the is the smallest pup out of the whole group, and the team believed in her to save the day on the final like challenge. And the team was giving her confidence, like, ain't no pup too small. You can do this. We believe in you. And that's how I feel. I feel like I'm the little pup at the lab, and all my teammates believe in me to go get the job done. So when I go out there get the job done, come back, it's like they believe in me. So, yeah, I watched the Paw Patrol, and I thought that was pretty cool.
0: And, of course, we look forward to seeing this journey. And, of course, if anyone goes on, on your social media, one of the things that definitely sticks out to me on the IG bio, never stop believing, never stop growing. And I think we can all live by that.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Never stop believing in yourself, man. Because even though it looks like life sometimes will take you on a downhill spiral, always have faith in God that God will never put you through anything that you can't handle. And as a man, you got to be real strong on your faith and know that God got you. And never stop believing in your skills because at the end of the day, you got skills. You gotta believe in them in order for you to really take off. And sometimes g- God will hold you here to teach you a lesson before you start climbing up. And I feel like God has already been been testing me. And I feel like I'm slowly coming back up. And you know, hopefully, hopefully we we'll make something g- g- great happen in the UFC. I'm just waiting for the opportunity to come and. When it does come, I want to make sure that I'm prepared for it, man.
0: Abdul, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show, getting a chance to get to know hey. you. Let the fans get to know you. Hopefully we see you in the UFC in the near future. Of course, uh, you know, let the know find out on social media, anything else you want to mention, man?
1: Hey, man, I just want to say appreciate to all my sponsors, man. KOTB Kennels. They got the best puppies, the best dogs out in Houston. We got Blue Magic Bullies. They got the best puppies, best dogs in Mississippi. We got, uh we got um, Negros. They got the best puppies in Oklahoma. They got the best cannabis cigar. If, if you're into that kind of stuff, they got amazing products. You know, all my teammates, my family. My supporters, I appreciate you guys and I hope that you guys enjoyed this journey that we're about to be on. And yeah, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you for having me on this platform to be able to share my story, to inspire the kids who who don't have hope, who don't have faith that they can amount to anything. and. I'm glad that I'm able to be the voice to let them know that you can do anything you put your mind to as long as you believe it and you see it and you have the courage to speak it. I think you're going to be you're going to be totally fine. You can you can't fail in life if you don't quit. That's what I got to say.
0: No doubt about it. Abdul, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Look forward to watching this journey. Of course, new episodes of the MMA Report Podcast. So you can get Get to Know every Monday. And then, of course, have myself and Daniel every Thursday talk about everything going on in the world of MMA. So we'll have a new episode of Get to Know for you next Monday. Abdul, appreciate it. And we will definitely be talking soon, man.
1: Hey, man, I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much.